Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. How many of you would say you have a fear of heights? Well, I've got a fear of heights. I'm afraid of going up a ladder or being off the ground, being on a roof, it doesn't matter. I I am very comfortable to stay on the ground. And I have done lots of different things to try and fight that fear of heights. I've gone cliff diving. I have done the CN Tower in Toronto twice. I've even climbed scaffolding to change light bulbs in a church sanctuary. And every time I've done any one of those things, there is this anxiety, this fear, this feeling of discomfort that I feel no matter how many times I try and face my fear of heights. And the truth is that no matter how many times we might face whatever we're afraid of, there's always going to be a feeling of discomfort. Now, I would agree with anyone who says that the best thing to do is to still try and face your fear rather than to stay away from it and never uh, conquer it. And so, for example, you may be someone who is afraid of conflict. Maybe you have conflict with a family member or a co-worker, and the best thing for you to do would be to face that conflict and seek reconciliation. But because of fear, uh, we might avoid that conflict and uh, not see any change happen in that situation. Or it could be that we're afraid of a challenge. Maybe our boss at work is wanting us to uh, take on an, a, a project that could be difficult but also rewarding. But because of our fear of challenge, we'll say no to it, even though the best thing for us would be to say yes to that challenge. And the, and the thing is, it's because we feel so much safer when we are in our comfort zones. This is why we'll say no to challenges, why we'll avoid conflicts, why we will not face the things that we might be afraid of. And so we'll stick to our comfort zones, we'll isolate ourselves, we'll glue ourselves to our phones to avoid social contact, we'll seek the paths of least resistance, and do what's easy and comfortable because we feel safe in our comfort zones. Now this applies to everyday life, but it has a great impact on our faith when it comes to following Jesus. You see, Jesus has called each one of us to a mission And we are to follow and go after that mission. But Jesus' mission can often bring us to places that are uncomfortable. And following Jesus means that we'll have to assume we're going to be forced outside our comfort zones a couple times. And so today we're going to be looking at a passage in Scripture where a character uh, is definitely forced outside of his comfort zone. And this is something Jesus needs him to do. And so we're going to be reading from Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 2, going to verse 8. Here's what it says. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. 
for he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. And so we need to set this story up just so that we understand what's going on here. This is six days after the story that we looked at last week. If you were uh, listening in last week, you would have heard uh, the message about um, Peter having the wrong expectations of who Jesus was. See, Peter was hoping for the kind of Messiah that would uh, conquer Rome and overthrow the oppression that they were uh, experiencing as a nation. But Jesus makes it clear to Peter and the rest of the disciples, like, no, that's not the kind of Messiah that he's going to be. He tells them plainly that he's going to be the kind that's going to suffer and die. And so Peter tries to rebuke Jesus, but Jesus chastises him. And now Peter has this new knowledge that he didn't have before. Now Peter has the right expectations. He has the right knowledge. And perhaps he's not fully settled with this yet. But they're going up this mountain six days after this had happened. And the most amazing thing happens. And I want you to see just how incredible this moment is in the life of Jesus. Because this is really unique to his entire life, his entire story. No other story really comes close to this moment except for, say, his crucifixion and resurrection. And so we're looking at the transfiguration. And so all of a sudden they're up on this mountain and Jesus becomes transfigured and he becomes glowing intensely white. And it's just like this powerful image. And so there's something going on here because this is a reminder of who Jesus really is. He's, he's saying that I am exactly who I said I was. I am the son of God. I am God incarnate. Like, look at me. This This has got to be the clearest uh, example of who he really is. And so it's a great affirmation. But this is also a callback to a moment in the Old Testament when Moses met with God on the mountain. And Moses got to see God's back. And even in just seeing God's back, Moses' face began to glow that he had to wear a veil when he went to be with the other Israelites. And so now we're seeing God in his fullness without any veil, without any hindrances, without anything in the way from us seeing him clearly. And then on top of that, Moses and Elijah just show up. And I love how casual uh, the, the writer of Mark makes it sound. It, it says that they were just talking with Jesus. It's like they're just hanging out. They're They're catching up. It's like they're just meeting for coffee and like just hanging out. And so they're there and it's like, well, what, how, how are they there? Like these guys are dead. These guys are old school. These guys are ancient and somehow they're there. So obviously that means they've been brought back from the dead. And so here they are just with Jesus. And then on top of that, we have the glory of God in the form of a cloud descend and, and God the Father speaks and says, this is my beloved son. Again, this affirmation and, and says, listen to him. And this also is a callback to uh, a moment in the Old Testament. Moses made a prophecy that one day a prophet would be raised up from among them, one that they would have to listen to. And so this is that moment where God is saying, this is the, the one 
that I promised even to Moses that I'm going to raise up this man and you are going to listen to him. And so we have this amazing moment where we've got glowing Jesus and Moses and Elijah and the glory of God in the cloud and all this drama and thunder and lightning and just like it's, it's this overwhelming story. And then Peter's there and he kind of looks at all this and goes, I like this a lot. This feels pretty good. I feel pretty comfortable here, actually. Why don't we put up some tents and just stay here? Let's make this the end of the story. Let's not really go a step further because I feel like I've arrived. I feel like what more of God could I possibly experience because this is just like, wow. And so let's build some tents. Let's stay here. Let's ride this spiritual high forever. Now, here's the thing. Peter doesn't get his way, thankfully. God, in the form of the cloud, disappears. Moses and Elijah disappear. Jesus stops glowing white. And all of a sudden, it's just business as usual. And Jesus doesn't even really say anything. He just goes down the mountain. And if you continue reading this passage, the very first thing that Jesus encounters at the bottom of the mountain is a demon-possessed boy. And Jesus casts it out and continues his ministry and then down the road eventually goes to the cross and pays the penalty for our sins. Now, let's just create a hypothetical here. Suppose Peter got his way. Suppose the that God and Jesus just kind of go with with what Peter wants and stick to Peter's comfort zone. Well, that demon-possessed boy, he doesn't get rescued. Jesus doesn't make it to the cross, and we're still dead in our sins. Peter doesn't become the leader of the church in the book of Acts as he's supposed to. They just stay on a mountain for all eternity until it's done. And so Peter is just very comfortable in this moment and he wants to stay here, but God doesn't let him do that because the mission was far more important than staying comfortable. And here's the point, that we fail the mission when we stay comfortable. Jesus wouldn't reach the demon-possessed boy. He wouldn't make it to the cross. Peter doesn't become the church leader, and the same is true for us. We can't reach the lost if we just stay in our comfort zone and never go. We fail the mission when we stay in our comfort zone. And so there are lost people in our family and in our workplace and our community that need to hear the gospel, and they need us to go to them. But if we just stay in our comfort zones, we miss out. And I think if I'm honest, I've seen this happen in so many people's lives, especially when it comes to even church. We'll, We'll treat church like a comfort zone. And we'll search for these mountaintop experiences where we experience the the glory of God in his fullness. And there's nothing wrong with that. We, We want to show up to church and encounter God. But what happens is people go to church, they encounter God, and they want it to just keep happening over and over and over again like that. 
but they're unwilling to leave that mountaintop and go down into the valley where the demon possessed and the ugly and the sick and the hurting and the loss and the darkness is abounding. And God is calling us to get off the mountain, go down into the valley and share our faith with the lost. And so we're going from service to service, just wanting to hear music that we like and messages that tickle our ears and we want the service to last an hour and we want to stick to our routines and Monday to Saturday miss out on his mission, which is where the valley is. We fail the mission when we stay comfortable. And I know from my own experience that going and doing the work God has called me to do is uncomfortable. And God has had to call me out of my comfort zones multiple times so that I could fulfill his mission. There's been times where I've had to share my faith with total strangers out on the street. And sometimes they ask me questions and I don't feel like I have the answer for them. And I feel really embarrassed because I'm supposed to be this pastor who has all this education and I'm supposed to know things. And I don't always, but at least I'm there, you know, sharing my faith and doing what God has called me to do, no matter how uncomfortable it might feel. There have been times where there have been conflicts between myself and members of my family or members in a church or just out in the community. And I have to swallow my pride and seek resolution and reconciliation because that's part of God's mission, too. And it's uncomfortable to say, you know, I was wrong in that situation. Please forgive me. But God still calls us to it. And there have been times where I've just felt strained from doing the work of ministry, whether it's working with teens and their families, or if it's just the, the, the amount of work that it can be uh, just on myself. And, and there are times where it's just uncomfortable. But God still calls me to it. And it is my job to obey him. I need to get out of my comfort zone. We need to get out of our comfort zone to see God's mission unfold. And so when we follow Jesus's mission, it will make us uncomfortable. That is something we have to accept. But I want you to see the result of that, because this might sound like it's hitting heavy and feels a little bit judgy. And it's like, well, I'm the kind of person I just need, you know, that encounter with God. It's like, yes, I don't want to take that from you, but you need to also be on mission. If you're avoiding the mission, you're, you're missing out on what God has for you. And so hear this, when, when we get out of our comfort zones, we see that seeds get planted in other people. There's, there's people who come to me and say, well, you know, I could never be an evangelist and I could never lead someone to Christ. And you know what? That's okay. But you need to get on missions to see those seeds get planted. Someone else can come along and water it. Someone else can harvest it. Because God's kingdom is built by the whole church, not just us as individuals. When we get out of our comfort zone, we'll see that Our friends, our family, our neighbors discover Jesus and receive salvation for the very first time. If we get out of our comfort zone, we'll see that marriages are healed because married couples who are uh, lost 
we'll, we'll learn about the love and grace of God and how that draws straining, strained marriages back together. If we get out of our comfort zones and onto the mission of God, we'll see that the community around us will become a lot less fearful, a lot less drug addicted, a lot less dark. And we'll see the kingdom of God expanded and the kingdom of darkness, you know, diminishing. You see, our mission is to invade the darkness and, and take it over. And there are some who are just too afraid and, and they cower from it, or they'll, they'll just use their feelings of disgust or offense to hide and not do anything about it. But Jesus wants us to get on mission. And if we get out of our comfort zone and on mission, we'll get to the end of our life and hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Following Jesus's mission will make us uncomfortable, but it is absolutely worth it. So here's what we got to do in order to make this message practical in our lives. Number one, we have to leave our place of comfort. This might look like our home, our Sunday morning routine, things that are self-serving, or our excuses. Because we've built these comfort zones around ourselves so that we can just stay huddled and stay on our mountaintop and, and stay comfortable. And God is wanting to shatter those so that he can use us for his kingdom. And so after we've left our place of comfort, we have to go to where the lost can be found. And they're not hard to find. They are at our workplace They are at our kids' soccer games. They are at the grocery store. They are on the street. And so we got to go to where they can be found. And then we get to them. Number three, we have to share our faith. We actually have to talk to them. We actually have to bring up Jesus and share how Jesus has changed our life and share why we believe that Jesus can change their life. And so we get out of our place of comfort We go to where the lost can be found and we share our faith with those who need to hear the gospel. We got to get off our mountains and into the valleys because that's where the work is done. It's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be worth it. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus and down to earth ways.